Thank you for joining us today with Cindy Sherwood's podcast, Words for the Journey. I've had many conversations over the years with people who were stuck somewhere in the midst of healing and didn't feel like anything was getting better. Certainly, healing takes time, sometimes a long time. My healing took nine years, which isn't relevant to anyone because every person is different. Just because you don't see anything happening doesn't mean nothing is getting better. There are stages of healing where we feel like we're getting worse because we're getting messier. But that can actually be a productive season when you are moving forward. Healing is not neat and tidy, nor is it entirely predictable. So it's easy to become lost in the fog of healing issues, and it's possible to stall out for a while. It might help us to navigate these different seasons if we knew what healing was exactly. What is a wound? And what is the remedy for our wounds? Let's start by talking about the anatomy of a womb. When you get a bad respiratory infection, it's likely affecting you in a number of different ways. You might be sneezing and congested and have a fever and a cough. In order to treat all the symptoms, you might take a decongestant, an aspirin, and cough syrup, three medications for three symptoms. When we receive mental, emotional, or spiritual wounds, it's similar. The wound is not just affecting one thing. It's affecting many. Oftentimes, it's the pain we're most aware of. Depending on the wound, we might be feeling anger, rejection, betrayal, fear, guilt, shame, disappointment, and on and on. The list of feelings is endless. So our feelings are part of our wound. We'll call this the wound to our heart. But we can also be struggling with tormenting thoughts, questions of what if or what now or why. We can be bombarded with mental trials and conversations defending ourselves or replaying the offending incident over and over. We'll call this the wound to our head. There can be an action or a choice related to the painful event, too. We normally react when a painful event occurs, sometimes in healthy ways, but sometimes in ways that bring more pain and hurt. Being attacked or hurt by someone or something can tempt us to rebel against God and act in regretful ways. If we react in a sinful way, we harm our own soul. So we'll call this the wound to our soul. And finally, painful events can injure our belief system. They can tempt us to doubt God's love and goodness, or doubt our value and worth, or question God's help in our life. This is a spiritual wound, so we'll call it the wound to our spirit. Just like with a bad head cold, our painful events can be causing harm in many places. We need to know this, know where the wound is located and what type, because the remedy for each type is different. Back to our head cold. Aspirin's great if you have a fever, but it won't help your cough much. You need cough medication for that. Let's look at an example. Kylie was sexually abused by her grandfather when she was growing up. He was a missionary, and whenever he would return to the States for a visit, 
he would molest her. He told her God would punish her if she ever told anyone. This is a horrific wound for Kylie on so many levels. At the most basic level, this is a violation of Kylie's body, bringing deep feelings of shame, guilt, betrayal, humiliation, confusion, worthlessness, helplessness, unworthiness, and fear. That wound to her heart is immense. And because it occurred when she was a young child, she had no ability to sort through the feelings and do anything about it. So all of the pain stayed in her heart, buried down deep. As she was instructed, she told no one. But the confusion about why this was happening to her led to thoughts of self-hatred and self-condemnation. She thought there must be something wrong with her that this would happen. The secret brought shameful thoughts to her mind. She felt like she was defective and dirty. Her grandfather's abuse shredded any sense of personal value. The wound to her head destroyed her identity. Then there was the wound to her soul. With her identity on a downward spiral, she began acting out as a teen, cutting, doing drugs, sleeping around. She would do anything to mask or numb the pain. She couldn't care less about the consequences of her actions. All she cared about was trying to escape the emotional and mental torment. Even though she was raised in a Christian home and went to church, even though she had accepted Christ as her Savior years earlier, God couldn't be more remote in her life. What use was a God who let this happen to her? If God's people sexually abuse little girls, I want nothing to do with God, his church, or his people. My life is of no consequence. No one cares about me, including God. <laughs> wow, that's a pile of wounds. Not all wounds are this complex, but I want you to see just how far certain wounds can go to damage our lives and in so many directions. The NIV in Isaiah 1.5 says, your whole head is injured, your whole heart afflicted. Painful events cause our wounds to go everywhere. Any thinking person would quickly become overwhelmed at what Kylie is facing. It's not hard to see why lives are so easily destroyed. But as hopeless as it might seem, Kylie's life is not without hope. God's remedies are very powerful and effective. The tricky thing is for Kylie to get to a place where she will apply God's remedies. Because right now, she's too disappointed in God to let him help her. I'm always amazed when we get the Kylie's in our Healing Journey classes. It's a miracle when they're willing to walk through a church door seeking help when their trust has been broken in every direction. But we do get them every year and God finds a way to reach into that brokenness and mistrust and do a redemptive and restorative work. The process usually starts with a person, someone who will take the time to see the Kylie's and listen to what they have to say and care about them. It begins to build a bridge. And if trust will grow between them, the Kylie's just might be willing to take a step of trust toward God. Let's talk about the remedies, now that we've identified the parts of Kylie's wounds. 
What will bring healing to the wound in her head? Romans 8, 6 in the NIV says, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Kylie's mental process needs to make some changes if she's going to have a peaceful, life-giving mind. Her mind needs to be governed by the Holy Spirit. Kylie needs to first hear and then begin to understand what her grandfather did was a reflection of the evil living in him, that his choices had nothing to do with her, nothing she did or didn't do, said or didn't say, thought or didn't think, contributed to the sexual abuse. She needs to hear how grieved God was that her grandfather committed such an evil act, how broken-hearted he was to see her hurt. Kylie needs to learn that God has given every man a free will, and each person gets to choose to use their free will in good ways or in evil ways. She needs the explanation that just because her grandfather was a missionary doesn't mean God called him to that work or that he was representing God. Most missionaries, pastors, and ministry leaders are good and godly people. But once in a while, they are wolves in sheep's clothing. She needs to hear that God created her as a precious and valuable person and that no one can alter that truth, no matter what they do. That's a lot to learn and obviously won't happen overnight. But if Kylie will hear those things, it will begin to whittle away at the false and destructive thinking going on in her head. Hearing, learning, and receiving truth is what heals our mind. John 8.32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And then there's the wound to her soul. Her self-destructive choices that are harming her body, her relationships, and racking up failure in every direction. The remedy for this is confession. While it's easy to understand why and sympathize with Kylie's self-destructiveness, her actions are sin. They are offenses against God, against herself, her friends and family. Confessing this to God and receiving his instantaneous and guaranteed mercy will restore Kylie's soul. Her sin has not jeopardized her salvation, but it has created a barrier in all her relationships, including the one with God. Her self-destructive choices are wounds she is creating. Confession will heal this and begin to alleviate her shame and guilt. Psalm 62.5 in the NIV says, Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Psalm 23.3 says, He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. The restoration of our soul is the work of God alone. There's still two more areas to go. Her spirit has been wounded because of false beliefs. Her belief system is all messed up. Doubts about God herself and about God's relationship with her. As Kylie begins to hear and receive the truth and takes small steps toward healing, her beliefs will also begin to change. She will start to be open to the possibility of God's love for her. 
that he was always there begging her grandfather to make another choice, to get the help he needed. She'll begin to see that her life is significant and that she can make an important contribution, that she isn't hopeless because of God's plan for her life. Slowly, she will begin to see the truth that God is safe and trustworthy, that he wants to help her and can help her. First John 3, 1 in the NIV says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Hebrews 13, 5 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Like a morning sunrise, the truth will begin to flood Kylie's life. She's close now, close to complete healing, but there's still one more gigantic wound, the wound to her heart, the fear, humiliation, helplessness, and betrayal still need healing. This is often the most difficult step of healing, relinquishing our wound. We grip our wounds with a fierce tenacity, thinking that is somehow helping us. But in reality, it is hurting us. The remedy for the wound to Kylie's heart is forgiveness. Colossians 3.13 in the NIV says, To bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Before she can fully heal, she will need to release her grandfather to Jesus and forgive him. That may seem harsh or unfair, but forgiveness is not for her grandfather. It is for her. Forgiveness is what will heal Kylie and set her free. Galatians 5.1 in the NIV says, It is for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Christ has come to set us free from slavery and give us freedom. But we must do what he says. And he tells us to forgive. Obviously, you can't cover all that territory in just a short time. It takes a while. And most of us need help to get through it. We too easily stall out or get stuck. For that reason, many people find the Healing Journey class helpful. We bring all the needed teaching understanding and steps toward healing to our participants and then help them navigate these tricky waters. When these four areas receive God's healing, her mind, soul, spirit, and heart, then Kylie will be a new woman. Instead of hanging her head down in shame, she will be able to look straight out upon the horizon and see God's will for her life and know he has good plans for her. She will make healthy choices she will have hope. So what is healing? It's the process of allowing the powerful, redemptive truth God provides to come into our heart, mind, spirit, and soul and take back our life. It's allowing God to change what is false to truth. It's allowing God to destroy the lies. It's giving God our heart of stone and letting Him give us a heart of flesh. It's allowing God to take back what is dead and bring it back to life. Ezekiel 36, 26 in the NIV says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. 
I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. The difference between the world's healing and God's healing is this. The world teaches us to pack our wounds around for the rest of our lives. The world tries to put a band-aid on the devastated heart. God gets rid of the wounds, so we no longer carry them at all. God replaces it with a whole and healthy heart. Go God's way. He's got the real remedy. All scripture is from the New King James Version, unless otherwise stated. Thank you for listening to Cindy Sherwood's podcast. Visit us on the web at hishealinglight.org to learn more about our ministry. Please consider rating us on iTunes or your other favorite music app. God's best to you today.